Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. Good morning, good morning. Welcome once again. Merry Christmas. Are you happy this morning? It's a little gloomy outside, but we have the sun of Jesus shining in our hearts, right? The sunshine of Jesus, I should say, shining in our hearts. Well, I'm so excited to see you this morning in church, and I just also want to say once again, welcome to everyone who's joining online. We do not take it lightly nor for granted that you would take your time and spend it with us, especially around the Christmas season. There's so much going on, so we're so excited to be together. Today, we're continuing our Christmas sermon series in celebration of Advent, and we're looking at the names of Jesus, and I feel like our worship songs were so beautiful this morning. Already we've kind of sung about the names of Jesus and the power of the name of Jesus and the revelation of who he is. And so I know that God wants to do something new in each of us this morning. So um, obviously the names of Jesus reveal to us more deeply his character, right? And the person of Jesus. So I'm going to ask you this morning to open your Bibles with me or your phones or the app. You'll find all of our notes right on our church app if you just click on sermon notes. But we're looking at our main text once again in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. This is our main text all month long for our Christmas series. I think we already heard it once. What a beautiful job our Advent reading, uh, our Advent reading family did this morning. I love, I mean, I get emotional. It's true. I see Thomas is a senior, and these young men, the shepherd boys, um, have been ra- have grown up in this church, and I love that they they're both serving. So they both had to like scramble from where they're serving in order to do their Advent reading. And um, Michael and, and Sonia, what a great job you've done, and what a beautiful family you have, and you are so loved in our church. And so, anyway, I just loved seeing it, and. Um, I can't talk any more about it because kids growing up is a soft spot for me. It's a, it's a trigger. Okay. Um, anyway, so open your Bibles with me to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. And I'm just going to read for all of us. And we're going to follow along and see what God will do this morning. Okay. Uh, it says this. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray this morning. Father, we come before you as we open your word and we ask Jesus that you would open the eyes of our hearts to see you for who you really are, to see you for who you are and what you want to do in our lives. Jesus, we love you. We want to carry you to everyone we know this season. We pray that you would do something fresh, something new in each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, when I was a kid, my mom wore this very large 
pin on the lapel of her coat. She wore it everywhere we went around Christmas time. She also had a duplicate sign, decorative sign, in our house, and it said this in very large letters. Jesus is the reason for the season. Okay? Jesus is the reason for the season. Now, my parents were really, really sweet, amazing, loving parents. They're actually at the Dulles campus this morning um, with the rest of my family. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But they were very sweet. We had four kids, which is a pretty large family. And my mom stayed home, especially when we were young. So all that to say, we didn't always have a lot, but we were rich in the really good ways. And um, I will say, if we didn't get, get things at Christmas or at our birthdays, we just didn't get it. We didn't get it at all. Not a concept my kids seem to understand. And we, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm doing much better financially than my parents ever were. But somehow my kids don't get this concept. But however, this is how it was at my house, okay? If you didn't get it at Christmas or birthday, you didn't get it. So my mom would wear this pin, and she had this big sign in our house. You know, Jesus is the reason for the season. And as a little girl, you know, I had my own faith, and I knew that Jesus was the reason for the season. But boy, did I love some of the commercial trappings of Christmas. <laughs> Give me those presents, right? And I would struggle in my heart because I knew, like, as much as I loved the Lord, I really loved presents, okay? And um, I struggled to keep the main thing, the main thing, right? And I think as an adult, that continues, but not just at Christmas, if we're really honest. We struggle to keep the main thing, the main thing. We, tr we struggle to keep the center point, the center point. Does anyone relate to that? So my question for us today as we dive into the name of this next name of Jesus and our beautiful list that we have here from the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, this familiar passage that we read each and every Christmas. My question is, is the main thing really the main thing, Right? Do I long to know him more? You know, theology is great. We have to understand what we believe. We have to have our lives tied to the Bible. We have to know what we believe, and apologetics is great. I've got my extra thick Bible this morning, which means I'm extra spiritual. This, <laughs> not really. I just took it from my husband's shelf. Um, knowing what you believe is important, Debating what you believe is, is great. It's exhausting to me personally, but some people love that. <sighs> it's good to know the ins and outs of your faith and what the Bible says. But let's be clear. There's a very fine line between the enemies of Jesus who were Pharisees who knew everything and those who opened their hearts to really experience Jesus for who he was. So we can know about him, but if we don't know him... We're missing it. We can know what the Bible says, but if we don't experience his person, we are missing it. Keeping the main thing the main thing isn't just important at Christmas time. Jesus is, the, in fact, the reason for every season, right? And it doesn't matter your condition, your obsession, your personality your preferences, your tendencies, your brokenness, your past. Knowing the person of Jesus will change you. He and he alone holds the power to transform us. Jesus changes 
everything. Amen. We can't comprehend a love like this. I love that song that we sang. The more I know you, the more I want to know you. The God of the universe, the one who created everything that we know. Just think of the ocean for a minute. The deeper we get, the more we realize we don't even know anything. How deep is the love of Jesus for you and for me? And how much do I actually experience that? He's not hiding from us, but are we seeking him? Are we keeping the main thing the main thing? You've never known a peace like this. You've never known a joy like this. And until he is the center point of each of our lives, things will always be a little bit off. So this message is an attempt to simply impart, you know, knowledge, yes, but more importantly, awaken a hunger for a deeper revelation of the person and power of Jesus. I'm going to put this up on the screen. This is one of my favorite quotes from Charles Spurgeon, who has just some amazing writing, notes, sermons. Um, but he talks about here the mystery of the person of our Lord. He says, so deep is the mystery of the person of our Lord that he must reveal himself to us or we shall never know him. He is not discovered by research nor discerned by reason. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, said Christ to Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. There is no seeing Jesus except by his own light. He is the door. But no man opens that door except Jesus himself. For he opens and no man shuts. He shuts and no man opens. He is the lesson, but he is also the school teacher. He is both key and lock, answer and riddle, way and guide. He is the one to be seen, for we are to look at him. But it is by him that we are enabled to see for he gives sight to the blind. Let us then, dear friends, if we really desire to understand that most excellent of all sciences, the science of Christ crucified, entreat the Lord himself to be our rabbi and beg to be allowed to sit with Mary at the master's feet. May this be our prayer, that we may know him. And this be our desire, that we may grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For to know him is eternal life. And to be taught by him is to be wise to salvation. So powerful. I have this quote in, in the sermon notes for today on our app. So if you just want to, you know, take a picture of that. I don't know if some of you are trying to write that. There's no way I could ever type that fast enough. But today we look at the name everlasting father everlasting father this is a bit of a mystery even as 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 Spurgeon says here this is a bit of a mystery because wait a minute I thought Jesus was the son right Jesus is the son so is this a contradiction no this is a part of what the Apostle Paul was divinely inspired to write in the book of Colossians, which you can go this week and read through the book of Colossians, where he refers to the mystery of Christ. He who was an infant should at the same time be infinite. He who was a man of sorrow should also be at the same time blessed 
over all and God over all. And that he who is the divine trinity, all in the divine trinity, is always called the son, should nevertheless be correctly referred to as everlasting father. Let's look at why. This word everlasting, of course, it means eternal, continuous. Continuous in time past and continuous into the future. Jesus exists outside of time. He is self-existent. And of course, Father is what we all know. Father, the founder, the originator, right, of life. The head. One, one, one definition that I found um, in, my, in my research, in my study, said that the symbolic use of the Hebrew word Father was an expression for possessor of. Meaning, although that Jesus became a child in time through his birth, he is the father and possessor of eternity. This name, Everlasting Father, therefore reveals several aspects of his character. Everlasting Father. And so today I just want to highlight a few of those aspects. First thing, he possesses eternity. Eternity belongs to him. Isaiah 57, 15 says, For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. How do we come this morning? Let us come with humble hearts. Amen. We know that God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble. He reveals himself to the humble. He is the everlasting father. Like I said, he exists outside of time, yet he chose to become a man and step into time and live according to the confines of humanity so that he could gain the possibility of an eternal relationship with you. Personalize that. Think about that. Think about that. He is our everlasting Father. Eternity belongs to Him. The second thing that this reveals about His nature is that His name is eternal. His name is eternal. His name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. His name shall endure forever. At the end of each and every year, I don't know about you, but I, some of the news that I read, it's not a lot, but some of the news that I read, I'm sorry to all the people who are in the news in our church, I, I know you... You're doing it, but um, anyway, I'm sensitive. No, I um, can only take so much news. But when I read at the end of the year and I see all of these, and I think the older I get too, I don't know if you relate to this, um, I see more and more like important people that have passed this year, you know, and it shows the list of people and you read the obituaries and you're aware of how like they have you know, shaped different parts of our culture and the impact that these people's lives have had and the importance of some of these people and the impact that some of these people have even had on you from a distance, let alone to their own personal families and friends, right? These people are important 
and well-known. And their names, you don't have to explain who they are. You say their name and it's instant recognition. Each and every year this happens. We're talking about Jesus whose name is eternal. We're talking about the, the name that doesn't need an introduction. We're talking about the name above all names who desires a relationship with us. We're talking about no matter how important, no matter how educated, no matter how impactful the human life can be. And I don't think that our lives should be insignificant, but the Bible says that our human lives and any human life that we regard as important is but a vapor in time. Kind of hurts my feelings. Because I'm working hard, right? We're trying hard. Making it happen. Doing our best every day. But I don't think that God writes that in the Bible about the vapor to minimize our lives because he's called us to live lives of purpose and significance and obedience. Come on. And, and, and to have reach. That's not why it's there. That is there to show us how magnificent is the name of Jesus. How magnificent is the eternal name of Jesus. How, how, how completely and eternally impactful is the, our everlasting Father. He is without beginning. He is without end. His name is eternal. Those who lead us, those who rule us, the things that we see as important, nothing compared to the name of Jesus. Nothing. Remember, let's keep the main thing the main thing. The Bible says that I will, uh, you will, if you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. The Bible promises us that I will reveal myself to those who seek after me. I'm speaking to myself right now. Am I keeping Jesus at the center point? The everlasting Father. Most of us will outlive our earthly fathers. At least that is the goal. Some of us haven't. And that's tragic. No matter where you sit in that, Jesus is your everlasting father. And I know that in a room this size and everyone tuning in online, the word father can conjure a lot of things. But if you dig into his word, I promise you that the true meaning of fatherhood will be revealed to you. How much he loves you, how much he cares for you. And it leads me to my final point this morning, and that is he is our eternal provider. He is our father, our everlasting father, our eternal provider. Revelation 21, 6 and 7 says it this way. He said it to me. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the foundation of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. To him who thirsts. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. God gives to those who thirst. That poor in spirit, I, I mean, I don't know if you off the top of your head know what that means but it is someone who has an awareness of their spiritual need for God that's all it takes are you thirsty for more of Jesus 
to understand him, to know him as revealed by the names of God that are given to us so that we can fully comprehend, well, we'll never fully comprehend him, but so that we can fully um, seek after him, so that we can fully seek him. Where was I in that verse? I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son and daughter. Amen. The eternal God took upon himself the limitations of a human body so that he could bring us into eternity, into everlasting relationship with himself. I know that when we talk about the eternal father, his love for us, his care for us, his provision for us, so many of us are like looking across the landscape of the world that we're living in and we're like, why is so many bad, is so many bad things going on? I know people can't help it. They ask that question. And what we have to remind ourselves and what I continue to always say is that God in his divine wisdom has created mankind with a free will. He's created mankind with a free will and that leads to sin and it leads to death and it leads to war and it leads to division. But as we walk through life, he offers us the gift of Christ. It's free, but we have to choose it. It doesn't mean that we live outside of the consequences of the world we're living in. Jesus said, uh, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So this life that we live, although he, we want it to be great, and I know God wants to bless us, and he wants to keep us, and he wants to guide us, this world is our opportunity to kind of decide how we're going to live for eternity. And if we don't live with eternity as our focus, we're, this world will overcome us. The problems, the challenges, the shortcomings, the limits of earthly living. And Jesus, who is Emmanuel, who's God in the flesh, who came to earth and stepped into time and put on skin and took on the limitations of being human understands what we're feeling so that we are without excuse. We walk through life and how we live today with eternity in our focus will predict how we live for eternity. How we weather the storm today, how we face the hardship. And really the choice is simple. Do you do it with Jesus or you do it without him? He offers us his gift of peace. He is our everlasting father. He will never leave us or forsake us. Amen. He is always with us. He is always with us. Even though this world is marked by unfairness, inequity, suffering, those who believe in Jesus are in the hands of the eternal father and provider. Hebrew says this, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. People will leave you. People will disappoint you. Your everlasting father is always with you. Let's keep the main thing the main thing. 
Jesus is the reason, right, for the season. As we close this morning, I want to look at a few of the works of our gracious Savior, Jesus, our everlasting Father. For the sake of time, I just have the scripture references so you can, like, snap a screenshot or um, just take them down in your notes. But he provides the strength of everlasting arms. Maybe you're here today, this morning, you're feeling weak. He provides the strength of everlasting arms. He ministers with an everlasting consolation. He ministers with an everlasting consolation. You know, it's funny how impatient we are, right? And we use these words like, well, I spent an eternity, you know, in line at the store. We use these words, but we really don't have a concept of what eternal is or what everlasting is. We look to our eternal God. He is our everlasting Father. He performs His work with everlasting power. Amen. He rules over an everlasting kingdom. He maintains an eternal presence. Matthew 28, of course, is the Great Commission. This isn't just for pastors. This is for all of us. Jesus came and spoke to them. These are the disciples and those following him, his closest people. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you and Lo, he says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's settle something in our hearts. God is with you. He is your everlasting father. He is watching over you. He is a very present help in time of need. He who is in, in you is greater than he who is in the world. But true love isn't true love without free will. We have to choose it. We have to reach out. We have to go after him. We have to seek him in our marriage. We have to seek him with our parenting. We have to seek him in our jobs and our pursuits. Amen. He gives us life that is eternal. John 14, 19. And this last one, he graciously provides those who realize that eternal values are what really, really count. This verse in Matthew 6:33 is one that you can probably all quote. It is seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things. A lot of other things. When I was a little girl, I had a lot of other things. I don't know where you are today. Maybe you have a lot of other things that you're trusting him for, that you're believing him for. Can I give you the key? Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first to know Jesus. Not just to know about him or to be nearby, but to experience the person, the presence, and the power of transformation through his life that he wants to share with you. He calls us by name. He calls each and every one of us by name, desiring a personal relationship with him. The main thing. Jesus first, Jesus only, Jesus always, amen? He is our everlasting Father. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you this morning, once again, humbling our hearts, opening 
our hearts. We want to know you. We want to know you. We want that ultimate and divine thing that happens when our intellect and what we know about you can only go so far and then, and then faith steps in. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you are. You are our wonderful counselor. You are our mighty God. You're our everlasting Father. You are the Prince of Peace. Father, we want to know you in all of the aspects of who you are. Understanding your character and the power and the person and the life of Jesus transforms us from the inside out so that we can bring who you are to the world around us. Jesus, I pray right now for every single person here all across this room and in our online campus. Father, you have specific words that you want to speak to every single person's heart. And in this moment, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would minister, that you would minister peace, hope, healing, life, rest. God, we thank you that you are a good father. You know exactly what we need, exactly when we need it. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are ministering life right now to every person. God, I pray that this season specifically, that we would keep you as a center point, that we would keep the main thing, the main thing, that we would set our focus on you, that we would seek first the kingdom of God and watch you move and add all these other things to us, God, that you have called us to be people of influence and people of success and people that can reach out and and have the means and the resources to touch lives. God, we want all of those things, but God, first we want you. We want to seek you. We want to seek your kingdom. We want our filter to be the word of God. We want our eyes to be set on you. We want you to be the focus. Jesus, help us. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never um, made the decision to follow Jesus, if you don't know Jesus for yourself, this is the most important decision that you'll ever make. And what a beautiful time to do it. Christmas. I'm going to invite all of us in just a moment to say this prayer out loud. But if you're here, we would love to know that this was your day to say this prayer. You can mark that connection card, and pastors Chase and Martina will give you some instructions in just a moment. But for, this, for the sake of this moment, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're praying this prayer with us for the first time, I'd love to see who you are. And you can just quickly slip your hand up. We're going to pray it all together in just a moment. But if today is the day you're saying, yes, I want to follow Jesus. I want a relationship like you're talking about. I don't just want to come to church and know who God is here and there, little by little. I want to experience Jesus for myself. If that's you this morning, quickly raise your hand up and we're going to go ahead and pray. If you could all just pray and repeat these words after me, Jesus, thank you for being my everlasting Father. Reveal yourself to me. I want to live for you. Forgive my sin. Wash me clean. I don't want to live my own way. Help me to seek first your kingdom. Help me to seek first your kingdom. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen.